0: Welcome to the news podcast. I'm Brad and I'm Jeremy. Jeremy, this is episode 188. 188. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's 188. Uh, probably. Sure. After a while, all's the
1: same, isn't it? Right? Yeah, every everything just blends into one. Everything another.
0: just blends into one, including uh everything blending into one, which is this week's um <laughs> murder mystery from Ryan Johnson. We're doing the sequel to Knives Out called Glass Onion, a Knives Out Mystery. Do you like that they put a Knives Out Mystery there? Um I I don't know. Because it's not like there's not a lot that connected with the first movie. Right. Well uh, except, you know, Daniel Craig. Right.
1: Um, you know, I uh I'm I'm I debate about it because a lot of times, like in mystery novels, right, they will have that, so you know it's part of the same. Yeah,
0: but like it would be like an Agatha Christie mystery. Yeah. So shouldn't this be? Well, hopefully, one day it will be a a, a Ryan Johnson mystery. You know what I, I mean? I think a
1: Knives Out mystery because it started from Knives Out. Yeah. Um. And well, it, I think about yeah. uh, Micah Kafka's books with the the Henry Pet detective. Series of stuff where he's Henry Petz is the character, but they're it's the Henry Petz, you know, mysteries, Henry Petz trilogy, yeah, yeah, there you go, so yeah, so yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll case, plug him too, yes, but you know, I mean, if you had a series of people, because like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's Agatha Christie mysteries just that are solid mysteries by themselves, mm-hmm. but she also has the Ms. Marple.
0: Can we say that there's a renaissance of these cozy, cozy mysteries? Yeah, seems to be in the last couple of years. Yeah, that have become to the forefront. What I like about what Ryan Johnson's doing is that he's he's not making um, new versions of old mysteries. He's okay. doing original mysteries. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yes. So it's like when you get an original musical on Broadway, and you're like, yay! Instead of like it's based on, you know what I mean. Yes. Like um, Kenneth Branagh has been doing fine work. Don't get me wrong, but. They're based on Agatha Christie's works. Yes. Now, the influence here is Agatha Christie, obviously. Yeah. And um, I would say The Last of Sheila, that movie. Yes, well. very much very much The Last oh. of Sheila. <laughs> yeah. To where he had Sonheim as a, as a cameo in the middle, in the uh, beginning of this movie. Because that movie was written by, of all people, Stephen Sondheim and, and what, Tony Perkins? Yeah. Oh, the Last of Sheila. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, great movie. If you've never seen Last of Sheila, yeah, they've been sure playing the a lot on um,
0: TMC lately. Okay. So if you're a subscriber to Hulu, you might be able to catch it there. Um, this movie you can catch, of course, on Netflix. It was it was scheduled for a theatrical release in November for about a week. So if you caught it then, good, because this would be a good movie to watch. Um, I think it would be a fun movie to watch on the big screen. Oh, yeah. Because there's so much detail in this movie. This movie, and like like a lot of his movies, I think, are like a lot of good movies, become portraits of themselves, right? Yeah. And this movie does. Um, But we'll get to it. Do we have a plot synopsis?
1: Good question. Mystery shit's happening.
0: Mystery happens all the time around here. We want to know what your plot synopsis is. Can you uh, tell us, Class Onion?
1: Five longtime friends are invited to the Greek island home of billionaire Miles Braun. All five know Braun from way back and owe their current wealth, fame, and careers to him. The main event is a murder weekend game, with Braun to be the victim. In reality, they all have reasons to kill him. Also invited is Benoit Blanc, the world's greatest detective. Of course, and
0: and end. end, end. Uh, Braun, of course, is played by Edward Norton. Uh, the other friends are Janelle Monet, Catherine Hahn, Leslie Odom Jr., um, and Kate Hudson, and Dave Bautista. Uh, Rounding out the cast is Jessica Henwick and Madeline Klein. Um, great, great cast. Uh, what you what he hired, um, and he they pretty much got the job done. Would you agree? Oh, I agree. Agree, and yeah. I think uh, standout performances too. Again. I think Daniel Craig is even better in this movie than he is in Knives Out. And he's amazing in Knives Out. Yeah. Uh, what an introduction to a character in Knives Out that he is. Yes. Let alone another movie. But I think what steals the show for me is Janelle Monae. Yeah. In kind of a... And spoiler alerts. Yeah. M- spoilers. Heavy spoiler Heavy alert. spoilers, by the way. We forgot to mention that. But, you know, yeah. it is a fairly new movie. I don't want to, you know, not... Give it away, or give it away, give it away, give it away now to people who have seen the movie or people who have not seen yeah. the movie. So this is your spoiler so alert. So this is your spoiler alert, but she is playing um, her, a twin sister. Yeah, Helen. Helen. So her original um, character has been, has been killed, and her twin sister has come to avenge whoever killed her. Yeah. So that's a little twist. So that's important. Um, It's very much important when you watch a rewatch of this movie. Yes. Um, Because then you start realizing there is like, it is in the glass onion in a way where you're peeling back and peeling back. Yeah. And um, yeah, I love, I mean, there's I think it's going to be, this is going to be one of those movies where you're going to go, no, this is my favorite scene. No, this is my favorite scene. Yeah. No, this is. And I think right up when we meet everyone, on the dock. even you know, at the beginning when they're like trying to solve the box. Yes. It's fun. But for me, when the movie really gets going is when they meet each other um, before they get on the boat to go to the island. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And we're kind of like seeing everyone and we're seeing how they interact with each other for the first time. Yes. And the costumes are great and the costumes fit perfectly, which each character has, uh, you know. Um, Daniel Craig has a very much designer kind of mask on um, with a nice ascot you know and he's just taking it in where it's all from the point of view of him like Knives Out was not him like that was not a point of view movie from him it was from uh, The Maid yes but this movie is all through him and um, and boy uh, are we grateful that we are yes because I'm sorry <laughs> is so great he's so funny he's so like it's so different than James Bond so different than what he normally does that I'm glad that he does do that yep. I'm glad he's trying to do that and I'm glad he can do that
1: well he has fun with it yeah and like he's he's a person who just has fun with basic things like he was in uh the But Star Wars Episode Seven, he was in that. That's just a stormtrooper.
0: Ryan Johnson's Star Wars, wasn't
1: it? No, no, no. He was in Seven. Mm. So Ryan Johnson was a stormtrooper. Yeah, you're right. And so he he was completely concealed, so you couldn't even tell it was him. But he wanted to to do it and be in it, and so there you go.
0: But we're lining up, and we're getting all uh, the interactions with friends, where it's just all this um. Inner dialogue and exposition that is perfectly built. It reminds me of The Last of Sheila a lot when they are at the beginning of and they're taking the the Polaroid of all the people getting on the ship. Yeah. Um. So I love that. I love that there's this throwback to this '70s movie. And it's just like, just the fashion alone, the the way that Catherine is like just all dressed in beige. Yeah. In this whole movie. She has <laughs> no color at all, um, while Keith Hudson is just like, I used to be a fashion designer, and this these are my, you know, I love colors in this, you know, and uh, Dave Bautista just carries a gun, which yeah. is fine.
1: He's always in like paramilitary. Yeah, he's in paramilitary. Gear.
0: Yeah, which is fine because he's got his
1: shirt off all the time.
0: That's fine. And then um, <laughs> Leslie the Olden Junior is very much like. I'm professional. I'm a scientist. I'm,
1: he almost I'm, to me he was almost like I thought he was dressed like like a geek chic kind of thing. Mm-hmm. it was like everything he had, it was you could tell it was expensive and, and whatever, but mm-hmm. like it kind of looked geeky the way he was wearing
0: Yeah. But you could you could always tell that they owed everything to Braun, right? Yep. They owed their whole existence not their existence, but their like wealth and their meaning of life right now through him. And so they meet every you know year for this murder mystery. I'm gonna assume they did not meet in 2019. No, maybe they did cuz it's 2020. So it's almost a period piece, right? Yeah. So we're talking about middle pandemic. Yeah. So talking about like made of, of 2020, so. And um, the funny thing is uh brawn's assistant shows up and he's played by of all people ethan hawk and i was we were watching this and i go hey wait is that ethan hawk and you're like yeah that's ethan hawk and i go what is ethan hawk doing in this movie and all he does is like sprays everyone down with something to um make sure everyone's okay yeah he basically
1: um, tells everybody to open their mouth, and open he, their mouth. he blasts in like some sort of spray mm-hmm. to supposedly to fight COVID.
0: To fight COVID, sure.
1: Well, and and he goes, I remember Benoit Blanc's like, is this like a disinfectant? What is yeah. this? And he's like, don't worry about it. <laughs> but knowing what we know now, yeah. it probably is nothing. It's probably like a mixture of stupid shit that won't actually <laughs> prevent any kind of problems or anything like that.
0: No, and, and the, the wrong character, probably. It's probably a bunch of like... Shit that someone tried, it worked, and then he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use it now." Yeah, because it just seems like he is a person that very much is stacking his his horse on everyone else's back.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna blast your throat with hydroxychloroquine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we're on the boat, we're headed to the island, and then we finally meet uh, Edward Norton, and he's super excited to see everyone. Um, I mean, these, these 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 guys have been friends for a while. We see a flashback later on. Uh, kind of kind of explains everyone before they were famous. Kind of reminds me of like a Saint Elmo's Fire bar that they're at. Yeah, it's very it's very odd.
1: Called the Glass Onion.
0: Called the Glass Onion, right? And so, hence the Glass Onion. So he decides to make his own bar, with a huge glass onion. And um and he invites everyone over for a murder mystery game. His murder. Ha ha And um So but the he can't understand why anyone brought Daniel Craig. Because he wasn't invited, right? And he's he like Mr. Blanc no one asked you to be here. I don't think you got an invite and he's like, Then someone is is um playing tricks on you, whoa has a double or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. Again, a hint that there's a double with the Genoa Monet character. Um
1: Yeah. And um we get the introduction introduction to all the characters and it feels mm-hmm. very it feels very Agatha Christie oh, very much in the so. way it's delivered. But knives out like I was say like this one to me, like it set it up more classically than mm-hmm. it did in Knives Out. Knives Out had he was just interviewing them at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And that's how he learned more. And we about didn't see them. him
0: for a while. Like there was a big inner you know, oh, is that is that Ben LeBlanc? Yeah. You know, and everyone knew him. Like everyone knows him. Yeah. You know. So I love yeah. the the um for, for the pandemic he's just he's hasn't solved a crime, obviously forever and he's getting itchy just yeah. like everyone else was to get back out there and he's playing um what video game is he playing they're playing among us oh among us yeah and it's like or it's um angela lansbury stephen Sonheim, natasha leone who yeah. i think is in a uh ryan johnson tv show later on i'm not for sure don't get me wrong and then kareem abdul jabbar yeah who has written some uh, mysteries himself Yes, including a Veronica Mars episode. Yep, um, which I'm like Kareem Abdul Jabbar.
1: Okay. Yes, that Kareem Abdul Jabbar.
0: <laughs> he's actually written a lot, so if you want to go back and and uh, read his stuff, right, I suggest to read it. But yeah, so he's playing that game with them, and then we're, uh, you know, um, uh, a voice. Are you in the bathroom again? Are you right. still in the tub? Yeah.
1: Well, everybody said it's his partner. Yeah. Everybody said, Philip's been worried about you Mm -hmm. because you've been spending all your time in the tub. Uh, And he's like, oh, no, I haven't. Then they kind of pan out and you see there's just shit everywhere in the bathroom because he's just been lounging there all day uh, depressed. But that was the first time they they introduced the fact that uh, Benoit Blanc has a partner named Philip. Mm -hmm. So that's his husband, boyfriend,
0: partner. Mm -hmm. Later on, we'll find out that he's played by Hugh.
1: You? Hugh. Hugh. Um, Hugh. What's his name? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Hugh. Hugh Grant. Yeah, thank Hugh. you. You're welcome. I was going to say Hugh Hefner. I don't know why. And then I was going to say Hugh Downs. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. That would make sense. He wouldn't play anything that straight. The, um, <laughs> uh, he wouldn't play. You think that's straight? What do you?
1: <laughs> but no. So yeah, it's uh, Hugh Grant. Show, but you know. set, all this
0: is set up so wonderfully. Yes. You know what I mean? And um, and you're right. There's the, these. I'm not saying that the first one's clunky, but there are moments where I'm just like, maybe this could have been explained a little bit faster. In 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 the second one. In, in the first one. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Maybe we, we could have gotten a little bit quicker. I I thought like. It.
1: I expected, so in the first one, I expected a lot more Benoit Blanc, Mm -hmm. and he almost is like, he almost is like an antagonist, Mm -hmm. but then, you know, it's like, no, I'm here to help you, you know, and then comes out and does the right thing. Like he's, as a detective, it's kind of a secondary character for at least for a little while. Yeah. Um, But in this one.
0: It's from, it's not from his point of view.
1: Yeah. From this one where you, you're right, where it's, he's very much on the forefront, uh, mm-hmm. with it. And I think that like his approach to things, I, I think we learn a lot more about him and not just like with mm-hmm. the Hugh Grant and stuff like that, but, uh, we learn about how, like, I'll, I'll tell you, it reminds me a little bit, a little bit of Sherlock Holmes. Um, Sherlock Holmes in, uh, they talk about, uh, in the books He's brilliant. He knows all this stuff. Like, he has all these things memorized and these techniques and whatever. Um, But he didn't understand that uh, he doesn't know anything about, like, astronomy, hardly. Or, like, I think there was something about, like, you know, he thought the the Earth went around the, or the uh, sun went around the Earth or something like that. Just, like, it's not in his, like, realm of, like, those things don't matter. So he doesn't know anything about them. Mm. Like he has weak spots that they tend to get ignored, like in the, in, you know, subsequent stories and stuff like that, uh, about Sherlock Holmes. Same kind of, to me is true with Benoit Blanc. Like he, he's just like, uh, he's like, clue is, clue is stupid. I hate stupid games like this or mm-hmm. like stupid plots. Mm-hmm. And it's, you start to realize that it's almost like if it's, deceptively simple benoit blanc hates it yes because it's like it's almost like it's too simple for him it's too simple yeah he needs no. to mean, he, oh, he sees the... big complexity no. and so little things like uh clue is not good for him we actually see where uh one of the characters trying to solve something is you going by like kind of a clue methodology where they're like okay, Well, did they where were they and did they have the motive? Mm. You know, the, the opportunity and the motive. And uh, he's just like, Oh, don't do clue. What are you? you he's just like kind of chewing her out about it because he's just like, No, nah, come on. But it works out, you know, like she actually finds things out using that. Um, yeah, but I think that's an interesting part of the character. Like, and you see a little bit in Knives Out where, um, he he's kind of like having a breakdown to Anna de Armas's character at one point, uh, because he's like trying mm-hmm. to figure it out and he's just like, I don't know what the next step no. is with this. You know, he's like, no. I like that he gets frustrated mm-hmm. and he also is just like, I, mm-hmm. I don't know.
0: I also like that. He's a Steven Sondheim fan. He's loves Steve. Like he sings his songs and he's friends with him too. Yeah. Like he's that popular that he's friends with. With these people?
1: Yeah. I, I think my one... They're of the
0: weirdest people to be friends with. Yeah. I get, like, Jessica Fletcher and Stephen Sondland, but... Well, it, she, but she wasn't... Level?
1: But she was supposed to be Angela Lansbury. I know. Because she calls her Angie. I I feel like they missed a big opportunity, though. They should have called her Jess and then established that, that, that. That, the, that the Knives Out stuff takes place in the Murder Jessica She Fletcher Wrote universe. Yeah. Which means it's also in the Magnum PI universe.
0: Which you will have to explain that. But Hawaii not gonna and Hawaii um, yeah, we won't get into it. And the whole Belisari yeah, universe. No, <laughs> uh, it's just too complicated. Um, no. But we get to the <laughs> we get to the party. I love the party scene, and he's explaining to him. No, that is a real Mona Lisa, uh, but he's got all these photos and all these paintings that he has in the glass onion. Um, and one of them is of him, it looks like his body, no, it looks like his face, Edward Norton's face, but then the body of, um, Brad Pitt in, um, Fight Club, which I think is great. Oh yeah, the painting? Yeah, I think, well, that's just Tyler Durden. Yeah. You know know what I mean? So I'm like, oh, it's perfect.
1: Well, but it's kind of a foreshadowing thing with, uh, the false, you know, Mm -hmm. who he is. Um, and then even with that, like in flashbacks when they show him, he looks like he looks almost exactly like the guy from, uh, Magnolia, Tom Cruise and Magnolia. Yes. Oh yeah. Well, Which it, part of power. it's the time period, but also part of it is like, he looks like that because, you know, it was another guy who was kind of a con man. Con artist. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. And there's no, yeah. Um, background is, um, it's great. It has, uh, some, some, uh, Influences of other Ryan Johnson movies like Brick, showing up. Spoiler: Brick. Yes. Showing um, what looks like a large A, um, like a gigantic A, like letter, but like curved up at the top, which is actually just the tunnel where they meet. Um, in Brick, spoiler alert on that one, but that's uh, but you'll see it a lot in in that movie. That symbol. So when you see it somewhere else, you're like, oh, okay. Especially in a Ryan Johnson movie. Um, also, Jer- Joseph Golden who is in all of his movies, is um, in this movie as well. He's the um, the robot taking the my luggage up, isn't he? Oh, no, he's the bell. Yeah, he's the bell. No, he's the bell. Yeah. Yeah. He what, it what goes is that?
1: an hour that goes
0: bing bong. Bing, big <laughs> bong. Yeah, he's the bell. Which is great. But yeah, he's in every one of his movies. He's kind of like a Nathan Fillion with James Gunn. You gotta look hard, but you're gonna find uh, Nathan Fillion somewhere there. Um, and um, yeah, so... Oh, wait. We do have... Uh, before that party scene is the dinner scene. And, you know, um, Edward Norton's trying to go through it all and say, you know... Um, this is what these are the rules, and Ben LeBlanc's like, Great, when we'll do we start? Which is also my Sean Connery impression. You do <laughs> it better when we'll do we start? Um, and he's like, And I guess right now, all right, this is what happened, <laughs> and like it didn't even happen yet. And he yeah. spoiled it for everyone. Yeah, and he's like, This is what's gonna happen. This is the boom, boom, boom. It's gonna shoot out over here, you know, because it's stupid. <laughs> it seems so simple, right? Yeah. This is one of these play, like, um, things. Uh, but, uh, there's more to it because of Janelle Monet's character coming in. Because Mo- Janelle Mo- Monae's character is supposed to be dead. Uh, whoever killed her must look at her like she's a ghost. So you look around and you go, spoilers, uh, Edward Norton's character killed Janelle Monet's character. And, um. And uh, when the lights go out, um, that's when Ben LeBlanc goes. You probably just time this to be the have the lights go out so you could kill someone, and have it making making sure like it's not you that did it. Like he gives them all the ideas. Yeah, just which is consistent everyone. Everyone with... gives him every idea. Yeah. there's no original idea from his character. Yeah, you know what I mean. Everyone has given him the idea. You know, I even think probably the glass onion itself. Is is the bar It is the bar So it's like Nothing No one has given you You just You just try to make Everything Better Which really isn't You know what I mean Yeah Because the glass onion To me The bar itself <clears throat> Look That looks like fun times Yeah Right Absolutely Not this time Not when we're all In, in Greece Yeah But that bar Looks like it's fun Yeah Even if You are at the beginning Of scamming them it looks like it's fun. And um, I'd rather go back to those days. I think you're trying to relive your glory days. And you're trying to make it better, you know, than what it was. There's also um, the Elon Musk thing. Yeah. Well, uh, he's that, too. Well, A lot and, of people are saying that.
1: Well, maybe we should kind of touch base on that, too, with, like, we had... So, um, the movie has gotten like severely mixed ratings, like on a lot of these, like, uh, where people can go and rate this (laughs) and probably the biggest, the biggest issue that you keep seeing on there is people saying it's woke, of course, because there's a, you know, one of the, I think Dave Bautista's character and like, now you have the Elon Musk type character with, uh, Ed Norton, which people were pissed about and, you yeah. know, just, they were, they were pissed. Um, but then you even had, uh, like media influencers, like, uh, oh my God, what is his name? the guy with the, his dry wife, um, dry Ben wife. Shapiro. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so like Benji Shapiro and like a couple other people, they started tearing into it basically about it being, um, Complaining about it being, first off, um, you know, that it was like, uh, it was taking on people like, you know, Dave Bautista's character and Elon Musk and all that kind of stuff. But they also were complaining because the movie has flashbacks and it lied to people. It told you it was going to be one thing and then, like, yeah. something different happened. It's a murder mystery. It, yeah, it's a murder mystery, you chodes. Like, I don't understand, but... Yeah. So they've been trying to like Mm. review bomb it ever since. So like, uh, you know, just take it with a grain of salt, but like it created this big friction because people up the chain wanted to apply identity politics to it. And it just, you know, went all the way down. But like, I think that like the way Ryan Johnson approaches it, it's like, you have a media influencer, you have a, a guy who's, you know, does stuff they talk about, like he's doing things with, uh, Science uh, and he's the, yeah, you have, a, you have a scientist, and then you have a, a liberal politician, mm. and you have a guy who is like social um, media, yeah, he's like he's got like a Twitch feed, and you know, like a men's rights activist. Like, you have they're all over the gamut, they're showing that the guy has influenced people that Edward Norton's character, Braun, has influenced people from like every walk of that, but right. that also, nobody wanted to focus that, like, on any of that. Obviously, others.
0: these people were friends, are still friends. Can become friends even with differences. So I don't know how woke that is, but that shit is not woke. Yeah, that should be going on. That that was going on at one point should still be going on. So screw that.
1: Yeah. But yeah, so this movie's been kind of controversial in that you've had uh, you've had a lot of like identity politics applying to it with people uh, coming after it.
0: Correct. Um, I mean, this movie just like the first one, um, about halfway through shifts, um, your perspective, um, and shows you, shows you in a different way, and yep. it, it does it differently than it does in the first movie, yeah. Um, and it still knocks it out of the park. Uh, I believe it does it better than the first movie. I believe that this movie's faster than the first movie. There's a lot of times mm-hmm. in the first movie where I'm like. It seems like it's slow in a way. Yeah. The way it's dragging out. It could be also the fact of like, it's sweater season and now it's not. Now it's bathing suit, crease season. I don't know. But I love that. I love that. Yeah. These, this kind of mixture in between. Well, things.
1: it's his, it's his, uh, death on the Nile. Yeah. Where it goes from being like, here, you're in snowy, you're snowy. in snowy Europe into like, you're on the Nile.
0: Yeah. It is. Yeah. If you think about it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I think too, like, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's visually appealing. I like the, I think there's things that they do well in both. Like, uh, well, I, think so too. I think in, in knives out, in knives out, I don't think that they show you as much of what you need to know. Like you, you learn about it as Anna is like piecing right. it together. Right. But as opposed
0: to, you know. His eyes, we're probably, we're seeing. Yeah. And,
1: and honestly, in Knives Out, or excuse me, in Glass Onion, they tell you everything you need to know to solve it yep. in the first half.
0: Oh, it, within. Yeah. And there's I, stuff. I'd say the first 15. I think
1: 15. there's stuff we both caught as it was going where we're like, wait a minute. Like, you kind of understand from a murder mystery standpoint that you really got to listen or like watch for stuff and I think that you and I both caught things the first time through, but we didn't realize our significance until we went back. Yeah, that's correct. And we showed it from the other perspective. Mm -hmm. But even then, um, even though they go back and you do the flashback and you show it from now from the other perspective, you, there's still things that like they don't uncover or tell you about until after that. Like he still solves it after that. It's like, you almost get, like, two chances to, to like, mm-hmm. figure out what's going on. So, I don't know. I, I personally enjoyed this one.
0: Oh, I personally enjoyed this one, too. Yeah. Um, I've I, been reading a lot of, like, ranking Ryan Johnson's movies. And um, you can tell when someone is a hater of Star Wars or is, like, a, they don't want their Star Wars to be, like, rattled because they yep. always put his... Star Wars movie on the last of his lists right? yeah I mean even Brothers of Bloom you' putting that before Brothers of Bloom not that brother Brothers of Bloom is a bad movie yeah but it's just not consistently like his other movies um but I'm like you can always tell right and in fact for a while there for me brick was like one of the best movies Mhm that he had. And I think that that ever since Star Wars came out, I think that that Star Wars, forgive me for saying this for some people that will disagree with me because they will, that Star Wars is a fucking masterpiece. Well, I agree. In my opinion.
1: I agree. one hundred percent. It does
0: stuff that it's not supposed to do. Yeah. Challenges you in ways that it should challenge you. Yeah. Because, because we've gotten complacent and lazy in our just acceptance of, superheroes and sci-fi and everything that I think he just came in and went you know what let's just throw this away and start anew yep and people hated it yep and I loved it I I thought that was if great like challenge you or and your audience at the same time yes it's fine keep going
1: yeah I was okay with him being like hey all this shit none of this matters <laughs> it's passing in the old garden to the new and anybody can be have these powers and yep who cares <laughs> Yep. And people were like, at the no, end of the movie, he was like, ooh, pedigree. who could be
0: a who can be a Jedi? Anyone who wants to be a fucking Jedi. Yeah. And I'm like, fine. Kid cleaning a stable, you yes. got it. You got hope, right? Yeah. That little bit of hope. As long as you have that, you can be a Jedi.
1: And midichlorians. And
0: midichlorians. <laughs>
1: the um <laughs> yeah, yeah. This and I think like even some of his even some of the hate he got on this one was Flow over from that other one too. It was like overflow from the. Star oh, Wars probably, thing.
0: probably because
1: people are like, I should have known that care. the man who would do
0: this would be also. Look, Netflix paid him five hundred million dollars to do two more Knives Out movies. Two more after this one? No. This okay. After Knives Out. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. This one and a new one. Okay. I think he's fine. Yeah, he's okay.
1: You're um, not gonna like
0: burst his bubble.
1: I think I think Brick needs a remaster. Oh, Brick is needs a great to show movie. that again. Oh. If you've never seen Brick, go see Brick, because it is—it's like this neo noir set as yeah in a,
0: in a teenage yeah it's high set,
1: school. Imagine like a, a regular and so some noir. of the dialogue can sound cheesy yeah, but I love it. Yeah, but when you have it in context, I'm bagging it today. Yeah, we went to um, we saw it in the theater. Saw that they, they they yeah when they re-released it, mm. we saw it in theaters. And uh, I caught more when we saw it was all in the theaters. Oh yeah, there was a um, there's like a scene where uh, he's sitting, he's talking to uh, the principal, like you would be talking to like a police chief, where they're mm-hmm. like, "Stay out of the way, blah, blah blah," you know, like you're suspended, kind of a thing. So it's it's got the whole like that feel to it, but obviously it's like in a high school setting, and some dude in front of us just started losing it, laughing. Because he he thought it was stupid, and he thought everyone else should think it was stupid. And he kind of looked around, and his friends had this look on their face like, then go. Then go, right? And so then he, he calmed down. And later he was talking about how he really liked it. Yeah, <laughs> man, because you were your friends are about to turn on you.
0: Mm-hmm. But, yes. I want to go to that pie shop in Brick, too. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> um. <laughs>
1: do we want to talk about our five questions? Yes, we do, because we're okay. talking about Brick. I mean... Yeah, we're, Nothing to do we're going that. through his entire catalogue.
0: I could go through his so, Looper? Super Looper? Looper? I haven't seen that in a while.
1: I haven't either. So. But Looper, you know, it was one of those movies I didn't think I wanted to see. Uh, I thought it was dumb when I saw the previews. And then we were like, well, let's just watch it. It's Ryan mm-hmm. Johnson. And I actually enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. It's not my favorite of his things, but I still enjoyed it.
0: Oh, I thought the same thing yeah. with like Brothers Bloom. Yeah. And again, not one of my favorite things, but like it's pretty good. Yes, I agree. You know, for like it's not your typical movie. And you got performances in that. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um Oh well, before before we do that, who would you put in a new knives out movie? Um And why are you saying F. Murray Abraham?
1: Because he he was I so am. jazzed on the white lotus <laughs> that he wants to do something else. I feel be, like he yeah. could do Yeah. He could do this. He could do this. And then he could have done, been in the White Lotus. He could have been in... And then Michelle Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh would be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she'd be, she'd be pretty I'm just funny.
0: trying to figure out who's like hot right now. And so I went for a 70-year-old man from the White Lotus. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer Coolidge.
1: <laughs> That's your 70-year-old man. You actually, love. Jennifer Coolidge is the 70-year-old
0: man from the White Lotus.
1: Kristen Chenoweth.
0: Is he gay? He's quite gay. He's quite gay. Is Greg gonna kill me? What now? Kristen Chenoweth. You know what? She would be good in it. Yeah, I'd be i I'd give you that. I want to say Lea Pace too, but uh, but this is me. Uh, Kristen Chenoweth uh keep her there. Yeah, because um, she's so bubbly. She's so you know out of a box. Some, yeah, a lot of times um, that I could I could deal with her. Um, I'm trying to think of some other. I'm not a what, shy uh, child above. No. Oh.
1: from um oh my god. I can't think that's name pushing daisies. Uh Oh, Ch- oh yeah, Ch- yeah, Chai yeah. McBride. Jamie McBride. Yeah.
0: Now you're just thinking of pushing daisies. Cuz it's deadly pace.
1: Well, I was thinking of him
0: anyway. And Kristen Jenner. <laughs> <laughs> Put those two together in anything yeah. and I'm like, okay. Push Pooh bear push. <laughs> kick Pooh bear kick.
1: It's my favorite. <laughs> All
0: right, what do you think is the best
1: part of this movie?
0: Oh, my gosh. There's so many good things about this. I love the music. Uh, I love Janelle Monet. I love um, the setting. I love the glass onion itself. I love that the glass onion blows up. I love the interactions between everyone's, the sleight of hand, the twist of fate. I love, most importantly, my favorite thing about this movie, Daniel Craig's Ascot. Hmm.
1: So that, so what is your answer?
0: The, I, in my opinion, the, um, best part of this movie is the, um, the costumes. Okay. I think the costumes fit like the characters so well.
1: Yes. I think for, for me, the best part of this movie, um, again, it's really hard to pin this down, but, um, I don't know. I think that I like the fact that they went through the story and on the first part of it, like the first section they go through it, they don't slow down for anybody. Like they don't they don't stop and like draw your focus to a lot of clues like they just let you see what you see, you know, so if you're trying to sleuth it out, you have the whole first half to try to figure it then you have where it kind of rewinds and does the second half. And so then it makes stuff clear, which I, cause I've talked about before. I hate on, um, like, you know, I love Sherlock Holmes stuff, but I hate sometimes that the way they do it is, you know, here's a mystery. They don't tell you how they got to the conclusion. They just suddenly like Holmes declares this, what the, this is what the answer is. And then tells you a bunch of clues that like the reader or the viewer would have no, no insight clue. into. You're like what? Yeah, and so it's like, well, it was hard for me to like solve along with it because mm.
0: you know these are There's not. Also like I on, the, on the other aspect myself. where someone goes, "Hey, the microwave over here needs fix," and you're like, "Okay, I get it. That's going to be part of the clue." Yes. You know. Yeah. By the and, way, our microwave needs fix. <laughs> 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 hmm. Interesting.
1: <laughs> Uh, so, but I, you know, I think they do a good job of like letting you come to the conclusions yourself on things, but they don't like not show you facts necessarily. Like you see everything that's happening, kind of piece it together. But then on the second where they go back to the flashback part, you get the rest, like the other half of the equation. So before you were kind of assuming, then it starts to help really put it together for you. Um, and then after that, you know, Benoit Blanc just tells you what's going on. And again, still explains what he, you know, Mm -hmm. has run through. So like it, I think it lets people hop on board with like the solutioning at different times. Uh, I, so I really like the pace of it and the way he tells the story with that. Yeah, me too. Uh, do you think this movie stands on its own?
0: Yes. Um, besides Benoit Blanc, I think you don't really need a lot of the first movie to, understand him agreed and so yeah i think it does and i think it does it in the smartest way possible i think it's uh it frazier's itself it like sets it he sets him in a new place yep um and uh lets him be ben leblanc yeah you know what i mean
1: yeah and they never they never and they go put him back in the and, forefront yeah and they never go back and say you solved the murder of blah 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 you know, like they say, you know, they
0: say, "Oh, were you the one that solved the ballerina murder?" Yeah, and I'm like, "What one?" Yeah, can we see that one? Yeah, they
1: just yeah, they just made. Well, maybe that's what it is. Yeah. maybe it'll be uh, something that happens in between those. Yeah, who knows? Um, but it's like, you know, I think it's, it's almost like uh, Jessica Fletcher but thing that where that she solved while, like all it, these he's, random. He's,
0: he's, he's like the new Perot. Yeah, right. Because I swear they do that with him too. Yes. Oh, were you the one that solved the um? You mm-hmm. know the uh, band leader of whatever, yeah. The train car conductor, yeah. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yes.
1: Yeah. No. I. I. Um. Yeah. I. I think that uh, I do think it stands on its own because they could have gone back and been like, "You were going to solve the murder of that author," you know, or had a character that showed back up, but they didn't do that. They just went ahead with Benoit Blanc and turned him loose on his own thing. Yeah. Weird, weirdly enough, Ryan Johnson, by the way, I read this earlier that he was actually going to give the direction to Daniel Craig that in every movie, Benoit Blanc would have a different accent. So like in the first one, he had that Southern accent and then mm. he would have something else here. That's stupid. Thinking that would be funny that it was just like, you know, it's different for every situation or like, Hey, is he, does he really have an accent or is he just putting on airs or like what's mm-hmm. he doing? And then I think uh, Daniel Craig talked him out of it. he was just like, "Come on, man!" And so they they let that one go. But yeah, that would have been. I think that would have taken me out of it a bit. Uh, does this make you want to watch the first one? Yep. Yeah, same here.
0: Makes me want to watch the third one right now. And I me mean, too. Get on it. Yeah, I'm like, oh no! I'll watch oh. them back to back. Makes me want to watch that. I'll, I'll. You know what? I'm already going to answer this other question. I'll, You know, does it make me want to watch more? Yes. Uh, give me our ones. I don't care. Give me specials. Yeah. The more of him solving a mystery, I think it's perfect. Yeah. He even said he'll play it as much as he, he wants until it gets old.
1: Murder he read.
0: And that's, I'm fine. Finally. <laughs> fine. Because I think you need uh, you need someone kind of who's engaging as your detective a Bedinsky, someone who just won't unrelently go after it. Yeah. And I think he's perfect. Um
1: I'm I'm wondering if he's got a Moriarty somewhere.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's the one I'm like, ooh, mm. are we gonna get a Moriarty at some point? Um but yeah, this but one. you makes- could
0: you could maybe mess with that more with like an eight television Netflix series.
1: Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> Knives Out, Red, White, and Blanc.
0: <laughs>
1: it'll be like it'll just be the same plot to uh uh <laughs> to Legally Blonde two, <laughs> but just with Benoit Blanc. I <laughs> will see you have a Chihuahua as well. <laughs> um, would you reboot, continue, or cancel this? Like I
0: said, boom continue
1: just do it as a series or do whatever you want yeah i agree continue it
0: yeah as long as daniel craig is like i don't even care if ryan johnson is like involved with it i'd rather have him be involved with it but if daniel craig wants to give us him and have like you know i don't think i don't think ryan johnson wants to be doing you know 10 you know hour you know dramas right 10 episodes but get some, you know, some people that you know to direct them. Both. Do it like, do it like any, do it
1: like Anthology. any UK uh, like mm-hmm. thing where they have like, hey, it's three episodes, but each one's an hour and a half or something yeah, like I don't that, care. you know, be fine. Um, Can I tell you though? Cause I would continue it as well. You would um what? But I think the one character that I really kind of missed from the first one, I didn't need Anna DeArma's character. No. I'm fine with her story being done, but like. I kind of miss Lakeith Stanfield.
0: I did too. I was hoping he would be there again. Yeah, or would I don't know why, would be in like touch with him and answer some a question action. for yeah. him. But you're right. I kind of miss Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah. Um. Basically, because I love that guy. Yeah. But yeah, no, I'm with you. And I'm wondering
1: why. Like, it's was it's kind of his LeStrade. He's like his. He's his like you know police connection. Yeah. And so, like, that's kind of... He's the Gareth Lestrade of, you yeah, know... I guess we didn't
0: need the police because the police wouldn't get there till later.
1: Yeah. You know? Right, right. But, like, even if you had him, hey, you know, I'm going to reach out to you about something, or uh, have him, you know, infiltrate the island, or have him, like, even on the call when he's in the bathtub, you know, like, mm. why aren't you, you know, hanging out with... I'd love to see that, like... Lakeith Stanfield has become like part of this world now. <laughs>
0: um, Maybe you couldn't because honestly, I'm sure that guy's busy. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure. Yeah, he had stuff going mm-hmm. on. Did you like on the set of of Nice Out that uh, um, <clears throat> Jamie Lee Curtis was helping with his sobriety? Oh, really? Yeah, because she had been sober for so many years. Um, that you know, he was she was explaining to him, you know, oh, what'd you do? And like, how did you do it? And, you know, she was explaining to him that you know, whatever, you know. Um, but he's been sober ever since nice. he's out.
1: Nice, oh, with well, Jamie Lee Curtis, mm-hmm. you're a treasure. Um, some of your experience in two words, hmm.
0: I don't know visible clues because it was uh it wasn't invisible clues this time it was visible because everything was out in the open everything in this movie is out in the open if yeah. you think about it uh, including the glass onion everything is seeable you see through everything you see through the people at least ben Block does um so out in the open or you know you know inside clues
1: yeah um For me personally, I think my, my summing it up, um, my experience would be like mystery inspiring because this is something where I think this is a good enough mystery story that it's going to prompt you to want more. Um, and there's all sorts of great mysteries out there and things that you can like get into. I mean, you could, you could go through any number of books recommend book recommendations, movie recommendations, T V recommendations. There's stuff everywhere. But like I I always enjoy a good mystery, but like when we watched this, I felt like on fire wanting to like watch some other mysteries because it like because it feels
0: fresh again.
1: Yes, it does.
0: Because you're like, oh this isn't the same routine. Yes. It's not the same um, you know, parole mystery that I've seen. Yes. Agatha Christie. It's something new. Yeah. And so you're like, oh, it's kind of like when we watched the last Sheila. I was like, why do I have to watch a '70s '70s movie for a new kind of feel yep. to an old type of way of telling a story? Yes, I shouldn't have to, but um, but you do, and uh, there it is. I think this movie is better than Knives Out. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that's my opinion.
1: Yeah, that's a hard. That's a hard. It's a hard one, me. but I think it's.
0: I think it. I think it just beats it barely. Yeah. For the fact that like we're going because of Ben LeBlanc, because we're we are in the eyes of him now. And we are in the trenches. And now it's no holds. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Now now we're in game. We were you know, we were we're lagging behind because of uh, COVID, but now we're in it, you know, because they gave us the gloxy quid. <laughs> and now we're in. Yeah. Let's go. I can solve the crimes. Anyway, uh, we're not talking about movies, especially sequels, Jeremy. Where can people find us? Uh, You can find us on Facebook, on
1: Twitter, uh, Google Play. Twitter? Is that a thing still? Stitcher. Yeah. uh, A little bit. Once you get past all the white supremacists (laughs) and, and assholes, you can find us at at Deuce Podcast. Um. Yeah, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, most of those podcatchers you can find us at as well.
0: well. And remember, folks, the sequel is king. I told you about Strawberry Peel. You know the place where nothing is real. Well, here's another
1: place.